Hello, Shift and Podcast. My name is Igor, episode 28. It's going to be just me today, no guests. And um, we'll talk about management as usual. And I will try to summarize my thoughts about recently published article and the number of um, uh, conference presentations I made uh, over the last few years and one video I published last month. They're all about how we can turn our laziness into the constructive uh, direction. And not just turning the laziness into something productive, but actually being productive by being lazy. Because in most cases, we think that laziness is something negative and we are not supposed to be lazy. But I'm saying in all these articles and, and presentations, that actually a professional developer has to be um, constructively lazy, has to try to always find uh, ways to, to do less instead of to do more. And um, now I'll try to say it all again, but maybe we'll give a few more examples and um, we'll, we'll try to go a little bit deeper into this subject. So let's start from the problem. Uh, as far as I understand it, according to my personal experience as a programmer, so every time I, I start touching some code, my code or the code which was written by somebody else or the code which, which I wrote years ago and I forgot, and I need to make some changes, um, it, it always is a problem for me of uh, how can I... Uh, how can I, wait a second. Uh, so how can I uh, actually understand the, 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 the scope of the problem and what to do with the scope when it's, when it's so big? So the, the biggest problem I always have to deal with as a programmer is the complexity in front of me. So we, in, in order to change something or modify the code or fix the bug in the code, uh, I have to understand how it works. I have to understand the, the, the algorithms. I have to understand the design, the architecture, and all that. And let's, let's admit it, the majority of code is not well-designed code. In most cases, there is no design and there is no architecture. There's just some code. And, um, and, the, and the code is quite large in most cases. So it's a big amount of lines of code, of statements, of files, of classes, of methods, and, uh, and it has to be fixed. So I have to find a way to fix all of that. Not all of that, but some, some part of that. And the problem is how to isolate that part. So how can I know where to stop? The more I, the more I dig deeper into the code, the more I try to understand how it works, the longer it takes for me. The longer, the more time it requires, the more efforts it requires, and the lower is the chance for me to fix it, uh, to, to fix it at all. So the, the, the problem is uh, how can I see the end of my work? How can I understand, how can I, uh, how can I predict and estimate the scope of the problem? So when something needs to be fixed, and it's a, and usually, usually it's, a, it's a small part of, of, the, uh, of the entire project. So usually it's a bug fix or a small feature needs to be introduced. Uh, that's, that's how we usually work. Uh, but when we touch the code, when we touch the code base, we understand that uh, its size and its complexity is way bigger than the amount of time we have for, uh, for any particular, uh, for the particular ticket we're working on right now. And that's misalignment of, of scopes creates a lot of, uh, a lot of stress and creates a lot of frustration for, for, for me as a programmer. Uh, so I always like see, I always want to abandon the whole thing and I don't want to touch the whole thing. I just want to, I just feel really, uh, I don't feel pleasure in touching the code, which is big and, and, and not clear for me. So what happens? Well, what I do, what, what we all do is that we, um, well, we get frustrated. That's the first thing for sure. 
and uh, and then we just um, uh, roll our sleeves and start doing what we have to do. We're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to refactor as much as we can around this mess. We're trying to understand how this, this mess works. We're trying to, to ask questions about it. We're trying to become you know, knowledgeable enough about that code. So we are trying to educate ourselves. We are, we, are, we are doing a lot of work, the preparation work, the, the learning work, the, the analysis, before we can actually start contributing, before we can actually start making things. And if we, if we stay in this project for longer, then we are trying to know as much as possible about that code base in order to remove the frustration in the future. So in order to make it easier for us in the future to work with this code, we are trying to learn the code. We're trying to, to, to become uh, experts and um, knowledgeable enough about the problem domain, about the, the technical domain, about all the, the, the tricks and secrets of this code base and all that. And that helps us, of course. That helps us and that's why uh, in so many projects, usually managers and um, team leads assume that a new programmer would definitely need some time before starting to, uh, before being able to, to make any changes in the code base. Usually it's a month or sometimes two months. It's, it's a long period of time. When you join a new team, you know, you usually can ask, you can say that you need like a few months to understand what's going on, to learn the code base before you can, uh, you can actually start making changes. And I, and I made a number of presentations about that, saying that that's a, that's a really negative uh, practice. It's a, it's, a, it's a negative uh, symptom of a project, if this is what the project requires new programmers to do. If it's necessary to learn the code base for such a long time, if it's necessary to get on, to, to spend so much time to get on track, so-called get on track, then it's something is wrong with the project. But it's, it's not something wrong with people. It's not something wrong with the programmer who's coming in or with the manager. It's the, it's the, it's a defect of the code base. If the code base requires us to invest so much time into learning it first before we can start making changes, it means that it's too messy. It means that the scope is not decomposed properly. It means that uh, in order to fix a small detail inside some small class, we need to know how the class works and then we need to know how the module works and then we need to know how the module connects to other modules in order to make a small correction inside a method. So my point is that uh, the knowledge which we need to acquire in order to contribute to, to the deliverables in order to contribute to the, to the product we're developing has to be inside the product and has to be easily available for programmers. A programmer has to be able to uh, easily understand how to make changes, how to introduce new features and how to work with that. And by easy, I mean uh, hours, I mean sometimes days, but, not, but definitely not months. So this distress and this frustration, which um, which happens when we when we deal with a too big uh, when we when we deal with scope, which is too big, which is too complex, which is uh, uh, unorganized, which is messy, uh, is the fault of the code base. It's a defect of the code base. It is something, something is wrong with the code base. And this is the attitude, this, exactly, this exact attitude is not what the majority of programmers actually uh, are ready to share, are ready to, um, are ready to, you know, to, to feel. So most of us feel that it is us 
who is guilty if we don't know how to make changes, if we don't know how to fix the bug, if we don't know how to work with the code base. So we feel that there is something wrong with, uh, with our skills, there's something wrong with our uh, professional uh, abilities to be like a good programmer and work fast. And that's why we, we, we think that when we join a project, we are in the position of uh, like, we're becoming sort of a junior programmers, even though our skills, you know, we are, let's say, we are good Java developers. We were good Java developers before. And then we join the project and we don't understand how it works. And we stay like at the level of junior developers for quite a long time. And then in, in half a year or a year, we become smart in a sense of in, in, the, in the borders of this project. We become knowledgeable, we become, um, we become fast with our changes. We are so uh, accustomed to the, to the territory. And then we can say, okay, now I'm a senior programmer in this project, in this company. And that's wrong. That attitude is wrong. We must not feel like that. We must feel uh, in a completely opposite way. It's not our fault that something is not clear. It's not our fault that, uh, that, that we need more time to understand the scope than, than just a few hours or just a few days. So that's a very uh, fundamental misconception of uh, responsibilities, let's put it this way. So the responsibility of the code base is to become, is to be clear. The responsibility of a programmer is to uh, contribute at a full speed when the road is clear. So it's like, you know, we can put the metaphor. So if the programmer, you know, a, a driver in a car and the project is the road. So if the road is uh, not, you know, not smooth and the road is uh, like full of garbage, then I cannot drive fast, but that's not my fault. I'm as a driver is not supposed to be able to drive fast at the road, which is not clear. I just can't do that. And it's, and it's not my fault. It's just the fault of the road. It's a, it's a cumulative, it's an, you know, uh, a composite fault of everybody who contributed to that project before, who made that project uh, messy, who made it difficult to understand. It's a fault of previous managers, first of all, it's a fault of previous architects, it's a fault of previous programmers or current programmers. Everybody who is working on the project, who is contributing to this you know, messy situation, who is making the project, who is not clearing the project, who is not cleaning the, the, uh, the documentation, the architecture, the design, everything. Those people are guilty. But when you join the project, when you start working with it, it's not your fault. It's not, it, hasn't be, it shouldn't be your fault. But that's not what people think. And... Um, and that's why in one of my videos, I said that uh, our, you know, innate and our, um, you know, human altruism, our altruism is our uh, desire to, to help others actually is doing us a bad, is doing us a bad favor. So we, we like to feel it's, it's normal. It's natural. We like to feel uh, ourselves as uh, you know good citizens and we want to be helpful to the project we want to be uh, we want to improve things i'm not i'm not it's difficult to uh, to imagine a programmer well they definitely exist but that's just exceptions uh, i'm talking about programmers who just don't care about the uh, the quality they don't care about the project they just coming in to uh, you know to just get the money and they don't want to improve things it happens, but this is not the majority. The majority of programmers, according to my experience, they do want to work in, in, in a good environment. They do want to be good citizens, you know, good project members, and they do want to contribute. They just don't know how to do that right. They put their, their altruism into the wrong direction. Instead of helping the project in a true way, in the right way, they're just trying to help the project. So uh, imagine the road is messy and it's full of garbage and you, you, have, you are sitting in, behind the wheel of the car and you have to drive there, but you, you can't because the road is not clear. 
uh, then and then you still start driving. You start, you know, you, you try to, to, <laughs> to push your car uh, to that garbage to probably, I don't know, somehow maybe clean the road with, while driving or you're trying to drive left and right to find the right way through that garbage. Instead of just, just stop and walk out of the car and clean the mess somehow, clean the garbage, remove it from the road, helping you to drive through and helping everybody else to have the road clean. So what we are doing in most cases, we just feel that, that our uh, responsibility is to, uh, is to drive and to, 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 to code and to help no matter what. Instead, I would say that, you know, hold your altruism. Uh, try to be more egoistic. Let's put it this way. Try to think more about your personal uh, effectiveness, your personal results. And when you cannot achieve your personal results, when you cannot, um, when you cannot resolve the problems assigned to you by the management in the most effective way, in the fastest way, in the most, e in the easiest way, then you stop. You get out of the car and you start blaming the road. You start blaming the project and saying, here's a messy piece of code. Here is not something is not clear. This module has to be refactored. This architecture is missing here. I don't see the architecture. I don't understand the architecture. It's not obvious for me and all that. So you, as I say in a number of my articles, you have to blame the project instead of blaming yourself. There has to be somebody to blame. So don't, let's, not be, let's not be afraid of the word blame because you know, we need to blame somebody in the situation where uh, I need to fix a, a bug of, of, you know, which is supposed to be just a few lines of code, but I can't do that because I don't understand where to put that lines of code. And then I start blaming somebody and, and you can either blame yourself for being stupid or, well, I blame myself for being stupid in that situation. So, but then I realize that I'm doing something wrong. I should not blame myself. Because, like I said, it's not my fault. It's the fault of, of maybe my previous self, if it's the project of just a few people. And I was the author of, of that mess. And I was the author of that, uh, of that uh, scope problems, which the code base has. But I but I still blame myself and I'm trying, always trying to stop that and say, wait a second, it's not your fault. You're not supposed to be smart enough to understand everything in this, in this code base. You're supposed to be, uh, you're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to be a good citizen who is always thinking about the project and who is always thinking about the good situation and good state of that project. And how can I think about that? I can constructively and, um, you know, honestly put the blame back on the project and let the project and ask the project to fix itself. By, by project, I mean the code base. So I, I always want to, I'm trying to, uh, to revert the blame from myself to the code base and then see what I can do with that. Um, so yeah, in, in my recent article <laughs> on the blog, it was like published, what, like less than a month ago, uh, I gave a few recommendations of, uh, I said everything which I just said to yourself, to, to, to you. Uh, I, I mentioned the saying that blah, 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 it's an altruism is bad, uh, don't blame yourself. That's just a, it's just a slogan line I'm always using, don't blame yourself. And, and, and unfortunately, what I see, what I experience in many projects I see around myself and programmers I see around, they, they still continue to blame themselves. So they're always saying that I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to understand it. I need to, ask my, I need to ask somebody who is working in this project for longer. I need to, I need to learn. I need to study. It takes time. It's not so easy. The project is so complex. Uh, there are so smart people working there, so I need to. I have to still learn a lot from them. All those words. Uh, needless, needless to say, it's it's not correct. We should not. We should not do that. 
uh, and I also said in the article, I'm just looking at it right now, and I said there that, um, that the project, unlike your mom, I put that words there and I just crossed them out, uh, the project doesn't expect you to be intelligent or tech-savvy or smart. The project needs you and expects you uh, to close tickets. By close tickings, tickets, I mean uh, implementing some functionality or fixing some functionality. Maybe not in all projects you have those tickets and ticket tracking systems, but uh, we are programmers and we are, let's face it, we are resources for, for our projects. So we want, we need to contribute with the, with the work we can do, with the code we write or the design we do or, you know, the diagrams we design or the algorithms we invent, something. So we bring something back. And this is what the project needs from us, to bring something back. The project doesn't need us to be, uh, to be smart, to be very intelligent, to be, to be someone. They want our results. They don't want, they don't want, they don't judge us by, by who we are. They judge us by our results. But that's, but that's against our expectations of dealing with people. We think that we work for people, for the boss, for the architect, for the group of people, instead of working for, for the project by itself. So we, we, we feel, we, we think, we feel, we expect that uh, we are judged by who we are instead of what we produce. And this is, I'm not saying it's wrong to think that way because in most companies, it is the way it is. In most companies, you are judged by who you are, not by the results you produce. So if, you, if, you don't, if you're not a good friend with the entire team, then most likely you will be maybe not fired, but you will not be, um, uh, you will not be promoted. You will not be as respected as somebody who is producing a, a less code than you are who is producing a lower quality than you are, but who is a good friend with the boss, who is a good friend with the boss of the boss, and all that. So that's called politics, right? So people are, uh, in most companies, they are earning respect and earning the position in the company by working for people instead of working for, uh, for projects. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. And um, you... Uh, it is unfortunate, and I'm saying that it is bad. So I'm, I'm trying to, to deliver this podcast to, to people who are mostly for managers. So even though you're a programmer now, maybe you're a programmer now, I think that the majority of listeners are um, programmers now, but you, know, you will become a manager sometime in the future. I think so. It's just a, just a normal, natural uh, career path for uh, the majority of of, of, of programmers, I think so, to become some sort of a, maybe not a manager, but an architect or a tech lead, somebody who will, who will sort of coordinate other people or manage other people. So I'm trying to fix that situation. I'm trying to convince you that the right way to work is to work for, um, is to work for, for code bases let's say, is to work for, uh, for projects, which of course have customers, stakeholders, managers, bosses, and other employees and other you know, stakeholders. But our goal as, a, as technical experts, as technical contributors, let's not use the word experts, but technical contributors, our job is to be... Um, is to be useful, is to be needful, is to be, is to be uh, not needful, useful. <laughs> yeah, I think that the right word yeah, is to be useful for, for the project, not for, uh, not for some individuals who are, uh, who are judging us by, by, by who we are. But that's not, that's not what we're used to, to see in companies. Usually it's the other way around. Usually we, we are, uh, when, we, when we say to our manager that, look, I don't understand the, how it works. I don't understand how this database is designed. I'm looking at it, at it for, for two hours, or two hours already, already, and there is no documentation or explanation of the database schema, and I don't know what this 
two tables or four. Then the manager will probably say that, uh, that think maybe, not say, but think that um, there is something wrong with this programmer. Most likely, uh, his or her intelligence level is not that, low, that high, so maybe we will start thinking about uh, our hiring decisions we made. And we, we're trying to prevent that. We don't want that to happen. So that's why we better say, no, no, I understand. I, I understand how the database works. I will, I'll just need more time to figure out what these two tables are for. And we will figure out. I will find out what they are for. I'll just need more time to investigate and learn and everything. And I will acquire that knowledge eventually. All I need is just to, 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 uh, to ask to buy that time from the manager. All I need is just to convince the manager that mm, I'm smart enough, but a little bit more time is required. That, that works. Well, I've done it many times myself. But that only means that uh, the manager is not professional, the code base is messy, and I am not helping them to fix them th themselves. So I'm not helping to make the road cleaner for me and for all other programmers who, who are going to drive by that road in the future. I'm just finding the best path through the piles of garbage staying on the road. And I will find that path, of course. I will learn how to drive on this uh, messy and, 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 uh, uh, and full of holes road. I will find that, that best way. But it's going to be my knowledge and I will know how to do that. All future programmers coming after me, they will have to find it as well. They will have to, to learn the same mistakes I learned, to learn the same lessons I learned. So back to my point is that a good project, a properly organized project, doesn't expect its programmers to be smart doesn't expect them to be uh, to be good soul to be good soldiers and to be uh, heroes and to play heroes and ready to learn whatever whatever they see in front of them. A good project doesn't want that heroism to happen. Instead, a good project expects programmers expects everybody who works in the project to bring back information and to raise concerns when they see problems, when they see inconsistencies, when they see uh, something wrong with the artifacts, with the deliverables, with the code base. So the good project and the good project manager doesn't expect programmers to hide problems, doesn't expect them to say, yeah, give us more time, we'll figure it out. A good project expects them to say, to be very constantly be as negative as possible about the problems they see around them. So a good project expects them to, to fail fast. I can put it this way here as well. So don't conceal problems. Don't make them invisible. Don't make your project manager happy by saying that no worries, we'll figure it out. Instead, Try to make the project manager as unhappy as possible all the time by telling them, it could be many project managers, could be many architects, could be, could be many people in the project. So let them, don't be afraid. A project has to expect people not to be scared of raising concerns and letting everybody know what's wrong and what's going wrong. That's what a good project would do. Unfortunately, it's not happening. So, of course, be prepared for resistance. Be prepared for blames. Be prepared for uh, expectations coming from the project saying, telling you that, uh, that uh, we hired you, so you're supposed to be smart. So how come you don't understand the database works? Are you a database expert? You said in your resume that you are a good Java developer, a senior Java developer, and, and you, are, you know databases. Now here is the database, and you are saying you don't understand how it's designed. So it's obviously some inconsistency between the information. So maybe you lied to us. So what's, what's going on? 
that could be the reaction, but that's the reaction of a um, of an unprofessional manager. I'm not sure you will be able to find a professional manager though. So I can't just recommend you to um, you know to do what I'm what I'm saying now and just uh, uh, every time you see a problem, just raise a uh, raise a ticket and uh, and say I can't work like that. I can't continue to work until the database is documented. So let's find a way to document it for me, and then I can continue. If you keep saying that in your project, most likely you will have problems. Most likely your project manager will start thinking about finding a new developer who will be more quiet, who will, <laughs> who will stay calm, who will not raise hell in each, you know, in any possible point because, uh, because that, will, that will make project manager life easier on a short term. But on a long term, people who are not taking the blame for the mistakes they didn't make and people who are uh, constantly interested in in really being good citizens, not by not in, in, in looking like good citizens, but by actually being good citizens. So a good citizen is not the, the is not the one who says, uh, uh, "Yeah, let's not say, let's not tell anyone that the road is messy. Let's not tell anyone that there are, there are piles of garbage on our road." No, let's pretend everything is fine. This is not a good citizen. A good citizen is the one who goes on that road and says, and, and starts, you know, calling everybody else and saying, hey, people, look at, the, look at the situation we have here. The cars cannot drive. We need to fix the road. We have a lot of troubles in here. So let's do something about it. That would be a good citizen, I guess. So in this article I published uh, last month, I said, uh, I gave a number of examples of how actually a programmer uh, can can be a good citizen can uh, can help the project to improve itself uh, and I said that the best way is to create new tickets that's the main recommendation I keep giving to everybody work through tickets maybe that will maybe that recommendation would actually help you to uh, to resolve to to avoid that personal um, personal resentment you may get from uh, from people around you because if you start saying it in the office out loud that our code base is messy i don't like how it's designed i don't i don't like our database they may feel and think that you're just uh, whining about everything and you're just a negative person they may start even telling you that that this negativity is not a uh, is not tolerated in the project we don't like it please just stay quiet even though you're being even though you're being constructive, you're being uh, professional. So you're not saying that I don't like someone personally. You're not saying I don't like this project in general. You're not saying I don't like the mission of the project. You're saying I don't like that these two tables in the database are not documented. But if you say it out loud, um, most likely you will have uh, a negative reaction. So that's why I'm suggesting to use tickets. I'm suggesting to go through a more formal way. So find a ticketing system. I'm sure all projects have that. And submit your concerns as tickets. Make sure they're properly documented. Make sure you, you say everything you can say in that ticket. You, you, you do it in writing. So you explain your point. You, you don't be, uh, don't generalize. Don't say that, hey, our code base is messy or everything is broken here. Be very specific. Say the table number five uh, does have some data, but it is not documented what this data is about and how they are related to other tables, for example. And then you will get a number of this ticket, and then you can go back to your manager and you can say that uh, you cannot continue to work effectively with the problem you're solving now until the ticket one, two, three is not resolved. That will be a very constructive criticism you bring back to the project and the very constructive, constructive negativity about the code base. And that will help your manager to do something with that because in that case, the manager will be able to also constructively outsource that problem to somebody else or maybe to you. 
maybe it will come back to you and the, the manager will say, okay, I understand. So please stop working on the problem you were working before and now fix the ticket you just created. So we know the problem. We know that the table is the, the table, table five is not documented. How about you allocate a few hours of your work time and document it? As long as you are already here, you're already with this problem, you already started to work on this direction. So how about you look deeper into that table? You, you understand how it works. You invest your time. We have this time. We give this to you because you know, you're in the office. So make sure the documentation is clean and, uh, and come back to us when, when your ticket is resolved. And you do that. But, but, but in that case, your frustration will be way lower because you will know that now you're working on a specific ticket. You're working, you're cleaning the road. You're removing the garbage from the road. You're making the road cleaner. So you, your scope of work is pretty, pretty uh, isolated. You perfectly understand the borders of the scope. You know what's the, the criteria for uh, finishing that scope. You know that when the when the documentation is there, when the table is documented, then, uh, then the work is done. So you, that, was the, that was an example of how you decomposed a bigger problem into two smaller ones. Well, actually, we don't know there will be two, maybe there will be more, but you managed to isolate one problem out of a bigger, uh, out of a bigger uh, task. So that was, that's my recommendation in all cases. Just, just make tickets. You don't know something, make tickets. You don't understand something, make a ticket. You, you, you don't want to understand something, you find it too difficult for you, you find it out of your uh, professional area of interest. Let's say you're, you're a Java developer and there's a bug in JavaScript piece, then again make a ticket and say that this has to be fixed by by somebody else or just in some uh, other uh, task. So each ticket is kind of a, is a help to your manager to create a new task. When you make a new ticket, you're helping your manager to, to know what tasks the team needs to do. That's, that's another point of all this is the very uh, high visibility of scope for the manager. Because when you're concealing problems, when, you, when you're not making them visible, when you just work and work for quite a long time and it takes weeks and, and days and weeks to understand everything and to document maybe the tables or to understand how they work, and then finally you fix the problem, you're doing a very bad favor for your management because you are uh, hiding the information about, uh, about what you're doing from them. So you're making yourself as a resource. And like I said, we all are resources. So you're making the information about the resource uh, hidden. And that's why the resource becomes unmanageable. In order to manage you, your tech lead or your manager or your, uh, the person who is coordinating your work has to know what exactly you're working on. And the finer is the granularity of that information, the easier you are as a resource to manage. So if the granularity is uh, too high and, uh, and all they know about you is that you are working on something which, which you will report back when you're done, but that's all, you, that's all we know, and, we're, and you are staying with this task for a week already, that's an absolutely unmanageable situation unless you are some crazy scientist who is supposed to invent some uh, super fast algorithm which we just cannot decompose into elements. You just think and, and, then you, and then you relax and then you drink and then you sleep and then you think again. So we don't want to touch you. Just come back to us when it's done. But this is not how software development works. The majority of tasks is a pretty routine and decomposable elements. The work consists of classes, methods, tests, uh, test scripts, uh, you name it, modules, deployment scripts, all those elements are pretty decom decomposable. So when the task is in front of you, it's your job as a, as a developer, it's your job as a programmer 
to break it down into pieces and make those pieces visible to your manager, to your team. Maybe you don't have a manager. Maybe there's a flat, a flat team. doesn't matter. But you need to make your, your progress. You need to make your uh, problems and concerns and impediments, everything visible. And not just in saying, not just in announcing them on this uh, morning stand-up meetings, but making them visible through tickets in writing. Because that's how you make it manageable. If you're just saying that I have problems, you're, that's negativity. That's not what the team will love to, you know, to see. And that's what brings uh, stress to the entire team. Because everybody around you will, will, will feel that there's something wrong. That something is unfixable. Something is, uh, something is you know... Uh, that something is fundamentally wrong in our, in our project. And it, maybe it's time to quit. You don't want that. You don't want to create that kind of feeling. You want to create uh, the feeling. Well, you don't want to create any feeling, actually. You try to stay away from feelings and you focus on, uh, on objective facts about what's going on. So don't put emotions and don't say that I'm frustrated to see. I'm, I'm fed up with this database structure. I can't work like that. Do something about it. That's destructive. That's negativity. But but correct way to, to, to report is like I said, like make tickets and say table A is not documented. Table five is not properly documented. And table seven is uh, has some defects and, and, and its design is can be improved. And even better, if you can say in each ticket you report, you can give recommendations for improvements. You can say the table A is not I don't know, is not, uh, uh, doesn't have enough indexes, for example. And, uh, and that's a bug, that's a mistake, I think so. And that's why I would recommend to create these two indexes, which will improve the performance and so and so. That's, that's a very positive way to, to look at problems. And we do have problems, everybody knows that. And the manager knows that. But your job as a developer is to be, um, is to uh, is to make them visible and a few more words about why it's not happening again I said in the article I'll just I'll just go through them again so the first why we're not doing that is that uh, like I already mentioned we feel guilty for being not smart enough just just don't do that just just stop that feeling so don't uh, Maybe one recommendation here for you, if you're a developer and you're listening for this, to this, and if you're a manager, you can encourage your programmers to, uh, to do that. We all want to be valued. We all want to be you know, important. We wanna, we, wanna, we wanna see that everybody in the team uh, see us as somebody who is important, who has value, who, who is a very you know, professional, developer, even though we are junior or whatever. And if we cannot solve problems which are in front of us, if we keep creating those tickets, if we keep, you know, returning back our job, our tasks, and we are keep uh, making uh, complaints about things around us, we will, we will never or, or rarely finish anything. Because, you know, in order to finish something, we need some things around us to be resolved first and I need the road to be clear in front of me and uh, and I can't do that because there are so many there are so many holes and there are so many garbage in front of me so I keep complaining about that I'm making tickets but my main tasks are on hold so I cannot really drive I'm waiting for the road to be uh, to be to be flat and it's not flat so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and and my self-esteem and my, um, my self-confidence will go down for sure. I will think that maybe everybody around me doesn't think that I'm a good developer and they don't, they don't, uh, they're not going to promote me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay in this team for longer. They don't, they don't value me and so on. So I would recommend everybody, everybody to, um, to do something aside of the of the of the uh, direct project tasks and, and 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 tickets assigned to you, so do something else for this project and maybe for yourself. 
for this project, you can, instead of besides reporting problems, you can also start reporting suggestions for improvements. You can start saying, what would you improve in the project? What would you do better? You can, you can even suggest yourself as an improver. You can say, I would be interested to refactor that module. I would be interested to introduce that, uh, you know, remove that uh, code duplication here. I would suggest to create the automated testing for that module. That will, that will help you to feel better and that will help everybody else to see that you're not only complaining about things, but you're also suggesting and making changes and making improvements. That's first recommendation. And second, I would say do something on the side. So do some open source activity. Do some, I don't know, writing, blog writing, some, uh, something which will help you to feel uh, valuable for the community. Always remember that the project you're working in is not the entire community, it's not the entire industry. There are way more people around you who you will meet in the future, who will you may work with in the future. So connect with them, do something for them, not only for your boss. So write some open source, contribute to some open source. So do something on the side. That will help you to feel, to feel better about yourself. And you will not be that ashamed when you're going to say to your boss that uh, you don't understand the design of the database. You will say it as a professional who, is, uh, who has the right to be not knowledgeable enough about that particular database. You know, there was a, a joke we had in our Telegram chat a few, like a few weeks ago, and someone said that, uh, when a junior programmer says that, uh, that something is not clear in the code, then it's a bad programmer. When the senior, in the interview, not in the interview. So when the, on an interview, when you are a junior, you cannot say, I don't know that because that means you're a bad programmer. You're not you know, smart enough. But if you're a senior programmer and you say, I don't know that I can Google for it, then it's okay. It's acceptable. So for a senior programmer, it's acceptable to say, I can find it in Google. For a junior one, it's not. The same here. So if you, if you will feel that you're a junior programmer, if, you've, if you will not have enough self-esteem and self-confidence, then it will be very difficult for you to say that I don't understand how the database is designed and I need somebody to, to clear it up for me. I need somebody to write the documentation. If you are a junior and you feel like a junior, if, you're, if your self-understanding is like you are a junior programmer, then you will be very much you know, afraid to say that. You'll not feel comfortable by saying that. But if you feel like a senior, if you know that you are, for example, one of the key contributors to the database open source library, some, something like that, and you, you know databases, you know that because the open source community respects you for your contribution to uh, to some big library, then you will have no problem in saying to your boss and to your team and to your architect that, you know, guys, I know a few, a few things about databases, but this particular database is a mess. So how about we change it here, here, and there? So you will not feel bad. And that's the key point. It's not so important how the project will feel about it, because like I said, most projects will most likely uh, not welcome your negative thoughts initially but if you keep doing it the way i'm suggesting if you keep doing these tickets if you keep reporting problems in a constructive slash negative way slash positive then the project will start improving as well they will start on they will start to understand that what you're doing is actually helping them but for you in order to do that you need to be uh, strong enough inter internally inside yourself you will be, you'll have to be sure that you are, you're, you know, you're a good programmer no matter what. Let's put it this way. A um, few more points I'm reading right now. Yeah, I already said about that, that don't be afraid. Your attitude actually is positive. I'm saying that in the article too. So when you're, when you're, when you're doing these complaints, when you're reporting them, you are actually being positive, even though, it looks negative. And I'm suggesting, I have another article actually, where I said, um, I'll, I'll add it to the show notes as well, where I said how to report problems. So I'm, I'm, I said, 
that it's called the right way to report a bug. Uh, in this article, I said that when you report a bug, try to be as, as critical as possible. Let's not say negative, but let's say critical. So don't say in, the, in your bug report that, yeah, maybe could be better, I would suggest, but if you don't mind, if you don't change it, it's okay as well. No, be very critical. Say that the whole thing is broken. The database is, is okay, but the, the table here is not documented and there's complete lack of documentation. It makes my life difficult. It makes my work difficult. It makes it impossible to implement these and these features. So exaggerate the problem. Exaggerate the consequences, make it look very serious, and that's how you will uh, again help the project. But like I said in the article, read it, I said make it in a very uh, constructive way. So don't, don't make it personal, first of all. So don't blame people, that's for sure. So you never, ever blame people. You always blame the artifacts. It doesn't matter for you who created the artifacts. It doesn't matter that even, even if you know that this piece of documentation was created by, by your friend, by your, or maybe not a friend, but by somebody who is sitting next to you at the next desk. But you don't say in your bug report or in any complaints you have, you never say that, uh, you know, this, this, this table which was designed by Jeffrey, completely wrong. And Jeffrey is doing it wrong all the time. That's, that's not what you say. You say, no matter who did it, you say this table is completely wrong, it's designed the bad way, even if you designed it. Sometimes it happens to me as well. I see the code which I created a month ago or maybe a few days ago, and I make a ticket and I say, hey, this code, even though it's in the code base, it's wrong for this and, and this and this reasons. And it has to be fixed. It has to be refactored or completely removed or improved, whatever. I don't pay attention to who made the code. You just, just blame the code. And that's what makes you a professional developer. The ability to be absolutely objective about the artifacts and absolutely neutral about people. You don't care who are the authors of the artifacts. You always blame the artifacts, absolutely not looking at personalities at all. You don't care who these people are, who created the code. You only care about the, the, the artifacts. That's the kind of programmers I love to work with, to be honest. So when I see people who work like that, when I see that they're capable of being absolutely objective, skeptical, negative, critical about artifacts, and absolutely neutral about personalities, that's the most effective, the most professional uh, engineers I, I, I enjoy working with. So that's probably what I wanted to say. That's a good summary of my uh, of my of, of this discussion. And um, hope you learned something. Even though I said it many times on the blog, and I will put all these uh, links to the um, to the end notes of this podcast. Read them. Watch a few videos I made a few years ago. A few presentations. And um, see you in the next episode. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.